Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. I don't know if uh, I've been a big believer in ghosts and paranormal stuff. I mean, a lot of times the human mind does play tricks on you. But there was something that, that happened to me that I still can't fully explain but it had a profound effect on me. My mom and dad separated when I was about two years old, so it was my mom and I for many, many years. As a kid growing up in the Bronx with my mom, it was a little tough, it was the early 70s. It was a struggle at times for her, especially because she worked many jobs, she tried to do what she could. Um, to support me, and uh, I was tough. You know, I was a tough little kid. I can remember sometimes having a tantrum. That was quite the handful. Very willful. I feel for her now, now that I... Now that I'm a parent, I... I Boy, I, I wouldn't wish myself on anybody else. When I was uh, very young, I remember this apartment we had in a tenement building, and I finally got my own room. My mom was trying to, you know, teach me to sleep on my own. One night, I remember lying down, and there was something outside of the window something watching i was terrified and i scream like a real you know blood-curdling scream my mom comes into the room and i i was a i point out the window and she looked there's nothing there When she was very, you know, you gotta be a big boy. Now she thought I was just wanting to sleep next to her as opposed to in, in my own little room. After that, I couldn't sleep. I just was terrified. The next night, I remember just falling asleep. All of a sudden I wake up. Again, I see something staring into the window. And uh, it looked like what I thought was a head. It was quite horrifying. And I thought, what did it want with me? And I scream. And my mom comes in. And I, I couldn't communicate at that point. 
My mom had just about had it. She'd had no sleep the night before, you know, working, and she snapped. She took a belt and she said, Enough! Stop it! She was held back. She couldn't move. It was like she was being jolted by electricity or something. And she tried to see what this was, but there was nothing there. She couldn't scream, she couldn't say anything, and I was just paralyzed myself. And at that point, I felt like the world was falling out from under my feet. Slowly, there was a shift. A shift in her attitude. It's kind of like a fog lifting. And my mother was crying. And she holds me. And I remember, and uh, she shared some pretty, pretty interesting things with me about her life and uh, her childhood. She grew up uh, one of 12 children. And my grandfather, they had a, an aunt or an uncle, a, a, a childless couple, and they, they desperately wanted to have a child. And she said, my grandfather felt so bad for this family. And so at one point, my grandparents chose my mother and said, well, how about her? Take her. She'll, you know, she'd make a fine. She's a wonderful little girl. And she told me that she went and wouldn't eat, wouldn't stop crying for days till they had to bring her back because she just would not accept this. I remember her tearfully telling me, why me? Of all the children, of all the kids, why me? What did I do? that I think she, she carries that drama with her to this day. And that haunts me. <laughs> it's so weird. You get emotional, you know. Tend to look back and wonder if you know, that was my grandfather who I never met trying to see me. It was his spirit that protected me. My mother could have lost control. If she would have hurt me, she would never have been able to forgive herself or live with herself. I think he was trying to save her from the regret that he went through. My mom was very different after that. Always affectionate with me. My grandfather was truly watching out for us. You know, that's what it's all about, and taking care of each other stopping each other from doing things that may be permanent in their consequences.
This is David Gutty Jr., author of A Guest in My House, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and it is Monday, February 6th, 2023, episode 290. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, as always, glad to be back in the hot seat. And yeah, winter finally showed its face, well, at least for a day. Uh, Arctic blast came down and uh, what, negative 25 with wind chill. But then the next day, temperatures rose up, snow's melting. So, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm used to that type of weather. Yeah, negative 25. <laughs> As far as uh, news, um, you know, everything's going nice and smooth, which kind of scares me, you know, because this is always, it always happens that way, you know, the calm before the storm, so to speak, you know, just waiting for something to hit the fan, right? Yeah, you know, one morning I'm going to wake up and find that the RPA mansion's on fire. <laughs> so I'm ready. I'm ready for it, man. That's how my life goes. You know, nice, smooth easy going and then all of a sudden you wake up and it's just chaos <laughs> uh announcements though uh tomorrow tuesday a new episode of aaron's Heart show will be released and of course terry hasn't come back yet but he'll be back soon he's recovering still and so this wednesday to pick up a little bit of slack there i'm going to release a new entertaining short film so make sure you come back wednesday and watch it and that's it yeah, yeah, we're going to do more listener stories. We still have a huge backlog. Keep on sending your stories in, and I'll read it off on a future episode. Just send it to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll get to you. Yeah. And so with that, you know what? Let's get the show on the road. You guys know what that means. Oh, yeah. Come on. Say it with me. Say it with me. To the story, then. Follow me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fires are blazing. Nice and toasty in here. You guys know the deal. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner, find an empty spot on the floor, and as always, oh man, get behind my desk here. Alright, and I printed off Bert's packet, so let's see what stores she has for us here. Oh wow. Wow, we got some long ones here, three long ones. Alright, let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Oh man, so good when it hits the lips. All right, the first one. This one is by Punky, and it's titled Death Echo. Okay, Punky, let's see what you got, man. I'm not sure if a death echo is what something like this would be referred to as, or if that is just a term coined by the popular show Supernatural. But I believe that this is exactly what I experienced. There is a large stretch of road in the north side of Jacksonville called Lim Turner that is mostly surrounded on either side by tall trees and brush, with a 60 mile per hour speed limit in two lanes. This is the kind of road you drive down at night, imagining around every bend a lady in white appearing suddenly before your headlights, holding a severed head or something like that. Luckily, my experience isn't nearly as terrifying but it was very interesting and I remember it clearly to this day. I was on my way to work approximately two o'clock in the afternoon as I was an aftercare director for a Catholic school up the road. 
I was talking on the phone with my then boyfriend, now husband, when far ahead of me, at a bend in the road, something caught my attention. There was a motorcyclist coming in my direction. Now, he stood out because it was as though the clouds had parted and there was a beam of light directly on him. He just looked like he had a spotlight on him surrounding him as he rode down the road. I found this strange and I just kept looking at him. He was driving very fast and I just got the feeling that something was about to happen. Once that thought passed my mind, I see that he suddenly loses control of his bike. I tell my boyfriend, Jeff, this guy is going to crash. He's on a bike. Just as I say that, I see that he veers in the woods and it looks like his bike flips. I am still about 25 seconds away as I have been driving in his direction the entire time, but he was still a bit off in the distance. Lim Turner is not the road you want to pull off on because of the high speed limit and the way people whipped around the bends and curves. But I needed to help this guy, and that is exactly what I intended to do. When my car finally reached where he crashed, I had been decelerating as I was rounding his corner. There was nothing. There was no gash in the grass from where his tires would have definitely left a mark. There was no break in the trees or the shrubs. There was absolutely nothing. He was not there. I didn't end up pulling over because it was obvious that if this happened, it didn't take place today. I said, Jeff, he's not even there. My boyfriend was a bit confused, but I explained the light and what I saw, and I said, Jeff, I don't think this happened today. I believe I saw this man reliving the way he passed on. I researched a bit on the road to see if I could find a report on an accident but didn't really find what it was that I saw. This didn't surprise me considering Lim Turner is kind of a high accident prone area with the bends and the wild animals running out of the middle of the road and people swerving to miss them. It would be like looking for a needle in a haystack. Who knows when this took place, if this took place. Uh, thank you for reading. And man, that's from Punky. Punky, thank you very much for sharing. That's a great story. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Residual Haunting. And it's, yeah, it's like a playback of what happened in a certain area. Uh, I've read a few stories about this sort of thing. It's interesting if you think about it. Uh, one in particular that I read long, long ago, um, I think it was some tourists in Europe um, exploring an old, you know, ruined castle. And it was night, or... It was getting dark, right around there. And they witnessed uh, basically an apparition that it looked like it was walking upstairs. But, you know, the castle's in ruin, and in the past there might have been a staircase there, but the staircase is no longer there. But they're just, they're just watching this thing walking up in midair, <laughs> you know, and then it just vanished. Uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, Punky, thank you very much for sharing. All right. What's next? What do we got here? This one is by John, and it's titled, Someone Watching. Okay, John, let's see what you got, man. I've had a few unexplained occurrences happen to me early in life, mostly during my teens, and later on in my college years. They were scary at the time, but forgotten the morning after. Now, I am much older. I think back on those events and think, yeah, 
that was definitely spooky and unexplained. I'm a big horror movie fan and tend to watch almost all of them, mostly the supernatural slash occult ones. I leave the slasher ones for times when I am really scraping the barrel. So, this particular one has been etched in my brain for the longest time I can remember, and at the time it happened, I was not the least bit scared and did not even know what I had seen. It was only much later, maybe 20 years or so later, that I realized I don't have an explanation. We were a family of expats living in the Middle East, which is where I was born and brought up, along with my two sisters. Both my parents were working, as most expats families in the Middle East do. And we lived in a two-bedroom apartment. Nothing fancy, a simple, clean flat. I think one fine day, Dad and Mom decided that our flat was in need of a good paint job and had commissioned two local painters to start work over a weekend. The workers, too, were male expats. All our stuff was covered in bed sheets. Most of the kitchen was closed off, and we had to, all of us, sleep on the floor in the living room, as the rooms had fresh paint, and we had to leave the windows open. As it is a very hot country, one cannot sleep without an air conditioner, and that was why the living room was chosen as it was to be the last room to be painted and the air condition was connected and we could close the windows at night. Anyway, we all laid on the mattresses, settled in for the night after the painters had left. And my sisters and I, we were about four, six, and nine years old, uh, slept on two mattresses and my parents at the far end of the room on two other ones. Sometime during the night, half asleep, I turned to sleep on my side and there in the dark, I saw a very dark man wearing worker's clothes, a vest, loose cloth around the waist, and a cloth around his head, like a sweatband, sitting against the wall. I was closest to the wall. He had one leg folded under him, and the other kept up, bent at the knee, upon which his hand was resting, and he was watching me. I, with very blurry eyes, looked at him a few moments and went back to sleep, thinking it was morning and that the workers had returned. At that time, I didn't think anything of it. But as I grew older, the image has always remained firmly entrenched in my mind, and I know now that it was something definitely spooky that happened to me. Sometimes I freak out inside when I think about it. I have had various situations where I have had some strong forces sitting on my back when I am asleep, and I am unable to turn or scream. They're really scary. But nothing since I got married and started my family. Are our psychic powers more active when we are children? I don't know. I've thought about it, of course, but I don't have an answer. Keep up the good work. And man, that's from John. John, thank you very much for sharing. Great story. Yeah, as far as your last statement, you're asking, um, you know, or your psychic powers are more, uh, more active as your child. You know, a lot of people say that. Uh, I've read quite a few stories like that. You know, they grow up and slowly when they reach their, their teens, late teens, or maybe when they reach 20 years old or so, uh, they don't experience anything unusual anymore. Not like when they were children, you know, preteen. So... But then there are other people that don't experience anything, and then all of a sudden they get middle-aged, like in their 30s, and all of a sudden, you know, they start experiencing some weird stuff. 
So, uh, yeah, you never know. 50-50, I guess. Who knows? But, yeah, that's that's pretty common. Uh, when you're younger, you uh, tend to remember all these weird things that happen. But then as you get older, well, nothing more. Yeah, great story. Thank you. All right. Oh, another thing. You know, that guy? It could have been like an intruder, right? Because you're, you, you guys are leaving the windows open in the other painted room so it can dry. Maybe someone wandered in. But I would think something would have happened if an intruder got in. Uh, you know, probably took some things while you went back to sleep. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, though, it sounds like that was the first and only time it happened. So, yeah, who knows? Okay, what's next? This one is by Will. And it's titled... I'm a skeptic. Okay, well, let's see what you got, man. So, first of all, I want to say that I'm still a skeptic. I'm not someone that believes in ghosts or the paranormal without evidence. However, I need to say that there is something in my past that left me wondering if what we experienced was indeed something paranormal. I don't know. That is the truth. I'm not ready to confirm that ghosts, demons, or spirits exist because of my experience, but it is pretty freaky. So, we were living in Mexico at the time. It was in an apartment that we decided to rent in an old, very nice house that could almost be described as a small mansion. It was a very affordable apartment and pretty spacious for us. We are a couple and we had just gotten two cats and it still felt huge. Everything was going fine for a couple months and nothing got our attention. We were just having a good time and enjoying our life. One day, we started noticing that our cats would look up and just fixate on the same area of the room. They followed something with their eyes and their heads would move in the same direction. We saw that a few times, but we assumed that it was either a small bug that we could not see or dust moving around the apartment, which we tried to keep clean. So, the cats did that a few times, and they would do it at the same time every time, which was weird as hell. But again, I am not saying that it was anything other than dust or a bug. We thought it was funny, because they would look as if they were really into seeing whatever it was. One day, however, it started getting weird because the cats did the same thing and all of a sudden, both of them, at the same time, darted into our bedroom. One went under the bed and the other one buried herself in the blankets. We went to check on them, but Agatha, which was under the blankets, did not want to come out. I tried to pull her out, but she was using her claws to dig into the mattress. We called Gary, and he is the biggest love-seeking cat ever. So, if we call him, he usually runs so that we can hold him or give him pets. But not this time. Both our cats were really spooked by something. My logical explanation was that they probably were fixed on whatever they were looking at, and then some noise in the distance that we did not hear spooked them. But then, it happened a few more times. We were confused, but again, we were both atheists and not really people who believe in the supernatural. We started joking about the fact that we might have a ghost, but it was always something that we would laugh about. So we stayed there not giving it much thought. We just thought that our cats are weird, you know? 
I'm the one that cooks in our family, and my wife is really not the best at it, so our deal is that I cook and she washes the dishes. One night after I made dinner and she had washed the dishes, I had a glass of water. After I was done, I put it on the sink as I talked to her. She then pointed at the glass, which was dragging on the sink from one side to the other. My explanation is that maybe the sink was on a small angle, which was too small to see, and that since the sink was wet, it probably just slid a bit. Still no issue. Later that same day, I felt something on my leg. It was as if something had squeezed me, or something. I had Sarah look at my leg, and there was a red spot where I had felt the pain. The next day, we looked at it again, and it had bruised, and it was in the shape of a bite. I really have no explanation for that though I am sure there could be. I don't remember bumping into anything, and I definitely did not bump into anything when I felt the pain. So I have no clue where the bruise could have come from. Keep in mind that the cat scares were happening like once a week or maybe once every two weeks. But the glass thing and the bruise thing happened on the same day. The next day something else happened that really scared us. It was after dinner, and we were just on the couch watching TV, when suddenly we realized that the oven was on. Apparently, it had been on for a while, but we had not noticed it for some reason. When I saw the oven was on, I immediately turned it off and opened the windows and doors to the apartment. The smell of gas was strong, but because we were inside, I think we did not get how strong it was until we went outside of the apartment. I would have said that maybe we left it on after dinner, but we had not used it. Maybe, accidentally, we turned it on while turning something else off, but that makes no sense. We were outside the apartment, letting it air out when our neighbor was coming back home. It felt really stupid asking her if she had heard anything about ghosts in our apartment from the previous tenant, and she said no. Then... She went into her apartment and came back with what she said was holy water. Mexico is very Catholic, so I was not surprised that she had some. She went into the apartment, sprinkled it a little, and then left. Funny thing is that after that, nothing happened again. The cats were no longer looking for things that we could not see, and nothing else weird happened to us. I am still not saying that the apartment was haunted. But when the lease was up, we moved. Thanks, RPA. (laughs) Oh, man. And that's from John. John, thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, you know, I get it. And I like how you try to debunk things and reaching for possibilities. Um, And uh, you still left. Even when your lease was up, you didn't want to (laughs) re-sign. And it is is interesting. once your neighbor sprinkled some, uh, you know, holy water around, everything just stopped. You know, the cats stopped looking at whatever they're watching. Yeah, interesting. Is it coincidence? I don't know. But yeah, thank you very much for uh, sharing that. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. It's spooky. All right. Well, you know, that's all the stories I got. And so, uh, as always, we're very flattered that you guys come and visit the RPA Network. And as always, I hope you're finding something that you enjoy. 
you know, thank you very much. And if you'd like to support the network, it's uh, $3.99 a month. Cancel any time. You can become a premium member. You just go to realparanormalactivity.com. Big old button there uh, that you can sign up. And you get all the previous RPA episodes, uh, you know, RPA listener stories, bonus episodes, interviews, and I even have a little bit over 30 audiobooks of folklore from cultures around the world. Enjoy. And with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britt, and it's also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And man, we love you. Oh yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.